The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Robert Davis, Ph.D., is a sensory neuroscientist who has brought science to the study of unidentified flying objects and most recently to the various aspects of life after death, including near-death experience, out-of-body experiences, apparitions, reincarnation, and mediumship. In his new book, Life After Death, an Analysis of the Evidence, Dr. Davis examines the experimental evidence and theories of existence after death. He explores the potential for an afterlife through the analysis of case studies, interviews, and research findings. In addition, he examines evidence-based scientific theories that include the multiverse, biologic brain activity, and the consciousness-brain connection. Dr. Davis, welcome to NDE Radio. Oh, so it's a pleasure to be on your exceptional show. I'm a big fan, Lee. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you for that. Uh, we normally, of course, talk mainly about... NDEs and the like, but you are also the author of a book, uh, The UFO Phenomenon, Should I Believe? And uh, given the recent uh, article in the New York Times that the Pentagon's admitting to uh, following UFOs, I was wondering if you could tell us about that and uh, what you think is uh, is going on there at the Pentagon. Well, it, it's a matter of speculation, but it certainly is very good news. Uh, the UFO community is ecstatic over this. Uh, Millions of people firmly believe that some uh, unknown aerial phenomena has existed in our skies uh, for decades, if not centuries or longer. Uh, this is just uh, tends to be a confirmation of what we already know. There is an overarching question, however, which is, of course, if these are indeed intelligently controlled craft of some type from somewhere, that some how interacting with our planet and humans, the, the, the obvious question is, what is their objective purpose? And interestingly, uh, I am conducting research with many of the members of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Experiences, and what we are finding is that individuals, thousands in fact, in our study, are interacting with this phenomenon in varying ways, and it is largely a non-physical type of interaction. It is also physical. There's no question about it. Mm -hmm. But these individuals experience out-of-body-like experiences, which incorporate alterations of space and time. Uh, they are also transformed behaviorally, generally in a very positive manner, consistent with individuals who also have NDEs, among other types of spiritual, mystical, and extraordinary experiences. Experiences. But these changes in their personality, uh, philosophical viewpoints are extraordinary. And they do report interacting with non-human intelligent beings of varying types, receiving mm -hmm. messages telepathically. But again, they, they experience profound love. They are transformed in a positive way, showing increase yeah. in spirituality, uh, uh, expanded consciousness. Uh, concerns about the welfare of our planet, they become more sympathetic, empathetic to the needs of others. Uh, there's a full range of physical, psychological, even paranormal-like activities that are associated with this phenomenon. But right. This is, is equally, yeah. 
I was going to say this seems so much broader um, a reaction to uh, uh, alien contact than well, the early writing, for instance, the Betty and Barney Hill type stories always implied a kind of ominous uh, evil intent on the part of the aliens of uh, genetically modifying our bodies or implanting fetuses and uh, the theft of fetuses. And I, I mean, it was really quite uh, uh, scary. Those early stories from, and you seem to take a much more positive, um, or you, your research is taking a much more positive um, uh, look at at this contact that's going on. Oh, indeed, uh, we are looking at it objectively. Uh, we have a very large population database, and indeed, it's not always a positive experience. Uh, some of the things you mentioned are reported to occur, but it is it is inconsistent with the traditional held belief that uh, this is largely uh, a very negative uh, experience that involves biologic experimentation, implantation of devices. It's some small percent of our population say that, but but the bigger picture, in my mind, is that all of these so-called contact modalities or spiritual, mystical, and extraordinary experiences of which the the unidentified aerial phenomena and interaction with non-human intelligent beings are just a part. Mm. It, the other parts are, in my mind, OBEs and NDEs, as well as shamanic journeys. Even DMT, uh, the uh, active ingredient in ayahuasca, uh, mystical meditation, all of these types of spiritual, mystical experiences, whatever you may want to call it, tends mm. to uh, alter the perception of time and space and those who experience it, they tend to ha- gain insight and wisdom, uh, a compelling sense that, that the experience is mm. realer than real, uh, that uh, profound feeling, a sense of love uh, that's overpowering. I, 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 re- I recall one quote from a woman who, who had an NDE. She, she said uh, the, the magnitude of the love that she felt during her NDE was was like, in her words, something like uh, looking at your newborn uh, baby's eyes for the first time, magnified ten million times. Now that's that's getting at it, but you obviously cannot fully understand the essence of the experience. But this is what so many thousands, if not millions, of people uh, worldwide are reporting in varying ways through different types of uh, mystical, shall we say, experiences, which include UFOs and NDEs. Right. Well, it's uh, it is an out of body experience uh, that we're talking about when we talk about NDEs and out of uh, out of body experiences and the like. Do you think the contacts that are being made with aliens are also involve um, human out of body? I mean, is this taking place on a different dimension than um, than just the physical? Well, we we tend to see that the the reports from our population sample of over 3,500 individuals is that this is largely a non-physical phenomena. It is also physical, however. There is a nuts and bolts aspect to it, but it's largely non-physical in the sense that individuals, again, report to have telepathic communication with beings, the vast majority of whom are actually human-looking, in addition to the greys and other types of, of beings that are typically reported. Uh, even deceased relatives, which is a, a, a common characteristic of individuals who have NDEs and OBEs, as well as uh, uh, religious figures, uh, uh, even angels are, are reported 
uh, during the NDE, as, as you, you and your uh, audience uh, are well aware of. But the the aspect of that psycho-spiritual behavioral transformation is something I, I that really grabs my attention tenfold. Uh, and that aspect of information and awareness regarding love, uh, which was a, 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 a major finding in a study by, uh, I believe it was Dr. Long, uh, testimony from individuals who contend that that aspect of the NDE, like UFOs, being the sensation of profound love predominates. And the question obviously is why? Why are they transformed in a similar manner? Why do they experience love? Why do they have a similar types of alterations in space and time? And no longer fear death. That is that many studies have clearly uh, illustrated that in individuals who, for instance, seventy-five percent of a large study population fear death, but after their NDE, they well they don't necessarily welcome it. But if they were told they were going to die today, they wouldn't really care very much. Right. There's very little fear. <laughs> well, you know, if if aliens are created beings as well as uh, human beings. Maybe they have advanced far enough that they understand the light and the nature of the light and the fact that it that it um, the universe should be love based and maybe they're here to help us learn that lesson. Well, that's a very important point because getting at the overarching issue is not whether or not that that pilot in the F eighteen you know noticed a a remarkable physical craft making maneuvers that contradicts the laws of physics uh the bigger picture yes is is why if they are indeed valid and i do believe uh, it is and it is controlled by a form of intelligence um where are they from and and obviously theories exist so which include the extraterrestrial hypothesis and, and certainly the interdimensional hypothesis and we can't and we have to look at that closely because the interdimensional hypothesis may very well lie at the heart of all of these types of experiences that we are addressing. That incorporates an out-of-body experience, which is symptomatic of an NDE and even a UFO experience, such that maybe when we are not restrained by our brain's sensory systems, which are limited in nature and only reveal a small spectrum of reality, Given the, again the the restricted range of our sensory capabilities, once we are removed from that through an out of body experience, maybe that is why individuals report seeing reality in a holographic view. In other words, they can see 360 degrees around them. They yes. they, they they can visualize their body and other deceased relatives and beings of varying t- types and and they seem to understand everything they feel that they have an interconnectedness with the universe they're one with the god whatever that means again our words can't capture the essence of the experience by those who have it other than they are very similar they believe it is extraordinarily real and it is transformative in many many distinct ways that have been demonstrated in varying studies uh, you know, psychologist Kenneth Ring looked at individuals who had, had UFO experiences versus an NDE group. And he noted the unique behavioral transformative outcomes associated with each group. And our results are supporting his. The point is, 
there is not enough researchers that study these types of phenomena. And that is why I stay up at night scratching my head. I feel that this, this, this phenomena in varying ways is so dramatic and can very well reveal to us an aspect of reality of what life is about about possibly another dimension that coexists in our space and time but at a different frequency that that, that can only be experienced once we leave the body possibly, mm. possibly. i know you ha- you have to wonder if uh, the pentagon is actually the the place where where this should be studied i mean they're looking according to the new york times at the at the way these craft move and the mechanics of it but they must be thinking more deeply about it too uh, whether they're going to understand the the philosophy behind uh, UFOs and and NDEs and see the parallels is uh, is another question though whether the Pentagon is equipped to to handle that kind of uh, worldview. Yeah, we could only speculate uh, what what they know uh, and uh, and how they know it, uh, but but very few individuals are. Unfortunately, studying this phenomenon using scientific methodology, which actually doesn't apply since we don't have the scientific concepts that, that, that are needed to study this type of phenomenon. When people report being out of their body, how do you quantify or qualify it other than uh, analyzing the anecdotal information and noting similarities and differences among other people who experience not only NDEs but other aspects of so-called contact modalities. But but the key here is that theories in quantum physics, believe it or not, are consistent with many of the types of subjective experiences that people are reporting. Uh, This aspect of existing in another dimension without a body, the perception of time, in other words, as if the past, present, and future exist simultaneously, and instantaneously, and 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 that they have this uh, so-called instantaneous information exchange in a in a timeless and spaceless dimension. Now, what is that all about? You know, they say time and space doesn't exist. Now and eternity exist simultaneously. I see everything at once uh, through any obstacle and a holographic view. You know, what are they talking about? Right. Well. What's interesting is that theories in quantum physics, again, gets at that. Gets, and we, we don't have sufficient time to uh, discuss in detail some of the theories and aspects of it in order to draw the analogies. But there is, there are, I should say, analogies that can be made between many th- theories according to the quantum hologram theory of consciousness, the synchronized universe model, the holonomic brain theory. Many of these theories are consistent in saying that consciousness can very well be a distinctly different form of energy than the brain. In fact, quantum processes exist in the brain, generate biophotons that radiate in the form of a torsion wave generated outside the body. Now, now, if that is proven valid, now, we do know quantum processes do exist in the brain, but if that is proven valid, then we have the possibility that consciousness can indeed be a distinct entity apart from the brain and exist or continue after bodily death. We're getting at the heart of the matter here in terms of whether or not the big picture or the big question is not only do UFOs exist, they do, is there life after death? And we can only speculate 
other than for those who may have experienced an NDE are convinced or it's faith-based, whatever whatever the, the path one took to get there, I think it's beautiful. I wish I had that that uh, sense as well. But my research points in this direction, and I'm in the process of writing another book that's going to look more specifically at bridging the gap between science and the subjective experience, and more specifically theories in quantum physics that try to explain what people are, are reporting subjectively when they do have these unique spiritual, mystical, extraordinary experiences that defy logical explanation. The one of the things about uh, the NDE uh, is that uh, since we have developed means of resuscitating people, we're now seeing something like 770 NDEs every day in, in this country. So the evidence, although it's um, um, you, you can't duplicate it the way science likes to be able to reduplicate, you know, the exact results of any experiment, it, the um, Anecdotal evidence is so overwhelming that uh, science is now, I think, just beginning to catch up. I mean, they've spent all this time studying the brain and the, the shutting down of the optic nerve and trying to explain these things by, by the mechanics of the brain. And now, as you're, as you're saying, uh, through things like the quantum hologram theory, science is taking a leap <laughs> that makes it possible for them to begin to understand what we've been heretofore calling mystical experience. Oh, you're you're exactly right, Lee. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have enough uh, scientists again studying this unique phenomenon. Uh, and that's why the NDE research evidence is somewhat controversial. Although much research has been done, but not not as far as I'm concerned in the, in the right way. Although I, I commend highly those individuals like Moody, Long, among many others, who have Grayson, who have studied this phenomenon. And I, I applaud their efforts. It's, it's, it's remarkable. And we have learned a great deal about their experience through this. But, but the bigger picture is how do you explain it? Is it indeed representative of a possible altered dimension that exists beyond the physical uh, 3D reality? Uh, is it evidence of life after death, obviously? And how does it possibly tie in with other experiences that people have where similar outcomes and associated uh, perceptions and viewpoints are modified as a result of that experience. That's the broad picture. You know, how do we bridge the gap, that wide gap between science, spirituality, reality, whatever you want to call it? And and during an NDE, as you you, you indicate, uh, yeah, uh, what is it about two hundred thousand individuals annually in the United States alone have an NDE? Yeah. No. But the only thing I could say with certainty for the, I think, 150,000 people that die worldwide daily is that your body is going to be buried in the ground. You know, be, beyond that, I, I, I don't know for sure. And I, as a scientist, that kind of limits me or, or forces me to maintain an objective viewpoint. Uh, and I, I can't say irrefutably that the NDE represents uh, a, 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 an aspect of consciousness that exists apart from the body. I, I think it might, but here again, as a so-called scientist, I, I need the evidence. I need the data. Anecdotal information is wonderful. That, that is exciting and, and highly informative. Uh, I will, I will give you a, uh, a clue as to where you should be looking because, um, as a 
as a cha- hospital chaplain for the past 15 years, I have seen so many cases of um, out-of-body and near-death experience reports. And, um, and you know, you mentioned in your book there were 70 cases of this Lazarus phenomenon where people recover way after, you know, science says their body has died and that's it. Uh, I alone, you know, as a chaplain, saw two of them in my 15 years, one the doctor declared the patient dead an hour before. The family asked me to come down and pray. We prayed, and and uh, yeah, half an hour later, the patient sat up in bed, said he was ready to go home, and did, and was perfectly healed. So, I mean, I think there are many, many cases that if you talk to hospice um, workers, nurses, and uh, and chaplains, you'll find a, a, a wealth of cases that you can uh, that you can study. Oh, indeed. Yeah, it's, a, it's a darn good thing that person wasn't buried when when he or she woke <laughs> up. <laughs> well, sometimes they you know, they zip the cover up, you know, and, and cover the, yeah. so you think maybe there'd be yeah. more if they weren't suffocating in there. Yeah, that's that's quite a surprise. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes, indeed, uh, there has been sufficient research, and more needs to be done with physicians who who uh, uh, work with the critically ill and hospice work who report that individuals who are going through this life-death transition, they report that it is highly common for them to experience seeing deceased relatives, angels with different colored wings, uh, mm-hmm. saying, I'll be right, I'll, I'll, you know, wait for me, I'll be going with their arms stretched out. This is much, much more common than not, the obvious materialistic take on that is it's representative in the words of of a dying you know dying chaotic hallucinatory brain event uh, maybe uh, but here again why do these individuals report seeing deceased relatives and and friends and in some cases they see deceased people who they didn't know were deceased but then say after seeing that person, they mentioned that, you know, hey, I saw this this person. I didn't know he was dead. And in fact, the person was dead. You know, it, there's nuances like that or or re- reporting saying a number that is that is uh, can only be observed from the ceiling. Well, there are some researchers that claim that that hasn't indeed occurred. In other words, a vertical perception during an NDE, which is which is the I think a key goal for NDE researchers can we actually find in their NDE-based reports, uh, can we actually uh, note that they are indeed reporting accurate information beyond the constraints of their body, let alone you know that they flatlined and, and, and are experiencing something. <laughs> but can they recall accurate information? Like seeing a number well above their their bed or events remote from their room, some some studies contend that while rare in occurrence, it does happen. Question. Oh yes, and 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 even planted numbers may not be what they notice, but there's so much evidence of vertical um, experience that, that that the out of out of body person has that they couldn't possibly have known lying you know lying there. On the table, um, there, there's also the bigger picture. There were two quotes in your book that I love. One was Roger Ebert's coming, looking at 
the world and saying this is a hoax as he was approaching death. He understood that the whole nature of matrix reality in this world as opposed to the next. And Eben Alexander's quote, the foundation of all existence is the nature of consciousness. And that's, I think, where the real exploration is going to be taking place in the next few years as science tackles consciousness. Well, you know, that 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 is a, a good point. Uh, we don't even know where consciousness is, let alone what criteria defines consciousness. That that's been a subject of controversy and study for these centuries. Um, mm. Aware of being aware, my subjective sense of me, free will, abstract thought, intuition. Right. You know, these these aspects of function, mental cognitive function, right. you know, we don't know where it exists in the brain. Uh, we can only theorize, and there are well, many theories. And not only about not, that. not only in the brain, because the Buddhists have been saying forever that uh, consciousness is resident in all of matter and all creation. Consciousness is uh, is is there in one form or another. Well, what, what's uniquely interesting about that point is that, that many quantum physicists, leading physicists, and even Nobel Prize winners like uh, Eugene Wigner, Edwin Schrodinger, uh, they contend that there is a cosmic consciousness. They, they truly believe, as well as many scientists like Nikola Tesla, among others, that, that our consciousness is integrated with a, 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 a consciousness that exists outside the body. Whatever that means, it, there, yes. there is indeed uh, uh, at the subatomic scale, uh, possibly uh, a form of consciousness that exists in all matter and and certainly all life forms in varying ways. And and many physicists are coming to that realization and making theories that are associated with just what you said. Consciousness exists in all things and and are interrelated. Can we can interact with others? And that we need more time to go down this road because there's a great deal more that, that we can discuss associated with this. And I'm sorry we have to end in a few minutes, but oh, I know because there's a there's another chapter in your book that I I wish we had more time to talk about, and that's the the chapter on reincarnation because uh, there's there's a lot of evidence that uh, that that's taking place as well. Uh, and Ian Stevenson, psychiatrist at the University of Virginia, did uh, extensive research uh, with young children b- before the age of about eight who, who, yeah, claim with great accuracy events, people, uh, that existed prior to their life and their family members contend that there's no way that they could have, uh, re- Counted this accurate information. It's the same. It's true with mediums. Some mediums uh, can do that as well. The, the again, alternate hypothesis, as opposed to whether or not this individual indeed lived at another time in another place and is recounting those memories in another body at this at this time, is that the individual can be accurately recalling this information using ESP of the information that may exist in, in a family member. Whatever the whatever the source of it is, ESP or I lived before, it's it's extraordinarily intriguing. And as far as I'm concerned, one thing I can say with great certainty is that ESP is real. Uh, it has been demonstrated uh, in, in many different ways uh, at Stanford, Princeton, Max Planck Institute. Uh, ESP is real. Uh, NDEs, you UFOs certainly are real, at least in the mind of the individual who experiences the overarching issue is how do we connect the dots between 
theories in, in physics, uh, among others, uh, function of the brain, uh, neurological components of the brain, and anecdotal evidence that we are seeing in, in remarkably similar accounts by individuals who experience so-called the other dimension, another reality, the other side, a non-brain-based uh, physiological event that that can only be um, that can only be measured anecdotally, but it's real in their minds. And I'm trying to close that bridge, try to connect the dots, and make more sense out of a extraordinary perplexing phenomena that I think may very well represent the key to what consciousness is and what life and reality are all about. Right. Well, Bob, it seems like we're out of time for today. Perhaps um, you'll like to tell our audience how they can uh, get your, your books, both the UFO phenomenon and Life After Death. Yeah, my book, Life After Death, an analysis of the evidence, uh, was recently published by Schiffer Publishing, and, and it is available on Amazon. My website is theufophenomenon.com, uh, and more information about the research I'm doing uh, – Along the lines we discussed and beyond can be found on my website. And my other book, The UFO Phenomenon, Should I Believe, is also available on Amazon. So, Lee, I want to thank you very much for the time uh, uh, you gave to interview me and to invite me to, to appear on your show. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of you and your work. Well, thank you. And Thanks uh, again. I, uh, I want to thank you for being here, and um, I look forward to the book you're working on right now. And um, you'll come back, and I hope, and talk to us when that when that's published. Um, I want to thank uh, Dr. Robert Davis for sharing his research with us today. If you'd like to listen again to this or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IANS, Check out that website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.